In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Are you the same person you were when you graduated from high school? I sure hope not. (laughs) Are you? Um, No, I sure hope not either, And which I'm excited because we're actually approaching the high school reunion season. I know my reunion is next weekend, believe it or not. But welcome to Girlfriend It, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Lisa and Patty, and today we've got some great conversations coming your way. If we do say so ourselves. Yes, we will. We are so excited because we actually have some of our, our friends on with us our, that are going to play with us today. But I have a funny reunion story. Because if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, okay, so, so uh, my very first significant reunion was probably, you know, the two-year mark, you know, because yeah, I'm not uh-huh, going to say how uh-huh. many significant ones I've had. But my first significant one, I was like eight months pregnant. My husband was out of town, and I didn't want to show up like a beach whale, and that would be my first impression on people since okay, high school. Okay, I have to interrupt you because, you know, I would never let you finish a, a full sentence without me interrupting. Wouldn't expect it. Um, I went to my reunion nine months pregnant. So I did but go you have no well. shame gene in you, so that does not surprise me. But most people, I think, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so the next significant mile marker reunion, I decided I'm going to go because I wasn't pregnant, but my husband was still out of town. So I went with my, my best friend from high school, who you're going to meet in, in a few more moments. But um, Pam had gone the night before with her husband, and so she had kind of worked the crowd. So when we were getting there, I'm like, okay, did you recognize people? Or how, how was it? You know, you're just always yeah. curious. What do people look like? Yeah. And who was be? there? And she's like, no, you'll totally recognize people. It was really fun, and I saw, and I talked to this and that. So anyway, we, we walk up to the resort, and there's this reunion where, you know, reunion check-in, okay? So we go in, and she goes, I'm going to check in. I'll check us in at the table. And, you, you know, I just stand here. So I'm standing there perusing the room, looking around, and, and she's checking us in. And I'm noticing, I'm not noticing anybody. And when we walked in, we walked in right in front of everything. So people kind of looked our way, and I'm looking their way. And I'm just kind of trying to stand there really calm and really cool, you know, like, yeah, I'm bad, I'm bad. <laughs> and um, and I, I'm, I'm feeling good, looking good. And I'm looking around going, I don't recognize anybody. Wow. And you're going, is this really my high school? Well, I'm like, how come I don't recognize anybody? So then Pam comes over to me and I go, Pam, I don't recognize anybody. And she goes, we're in the wrong reunion. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, there were two, evidently there were two reunions. 
And we were in one that was 10 years younger than us and a different high school. And so that was And you're funny. going, wow, I'm looking really Yeah, old. yeah, exactly. I'm like, wow, okay, oh, people have aged funny well. Story. Yeah. <laughs> so it helps when you show up to the right reunion. Yeah, that would have been funny if you would have started working the room, actually. And you know what? I could have done that because that wouldn't be beyond me. I'd start introducing myself and going, do you remember me? But, yeah. <laughs> well, I was excited about this reunion. You know, I... Um, had a best friend, Lori Hood was her name, and we grew up together. I think we're going to meet her later, too, we aren't we? Her, and I'm so excited. You have no idea because... No, I do have an you idea. Do, yeah, yeah, because you've heard my stories over and over again. But um, when we were 15 years old, I was sophomore in high school, and she moved. Her mom and dad picked her up and moved her to Missouri. And that's traumatic. And it was, it was like an abandonment. I felt like she totally just left my world. And, and you don't handle rejection well. No one leaves you on their own. You have to dismiss them. <laughs> and, I, and she was not dismissed yet. I did not snip, snip her. So there was no way her parents were allowed to pull her out of my world like that. And um, we would send each other a couple of letters. But uh, she came back to visit me one time, and then she literally evaporated. And what's so crazy, I think when you have those, those childhood memories, that many times it's the first time that you ever experience things with mm-hmm. you. That's why it's so formative. That's why you look back and you go, you know, I remember sitting in the wicker basket chair in her room, swinging back and forth, listening yeah. to, you know, rock and roll for the first time. It's, you know, playing spin the bottle, you know, all those Games, all those students. You were naughty. <laughs> I was naughty. And a different naughty than in today's world, though. I Our know. naughty was like, okay, we, been the we, bottle. we ditched class and we went to Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, that was naughty. And you felt really rebellious, yeah. you know? Yeah. Today, now that's so mild yeah. compared. Now it's, yeah, go, let's go smoke some pot or do, <laughs> yes, rob, rob a grocery store. Right, right, exactly. But, yeah, define naughty before you call me naughty. But, yes, I was naughty. And um, just so many memories. So when she left, every reunion, every time I would run into people, it's like, have you, have you heard from Lori Hood? Does anybody know where Lori Hood is? Even on Facebook. I mean, Facebook is amazing. You were an all-out pursuit. I wasn't an all-out pursuit. Yeah. I, I would literally, there were times when I'd have, like, dreams, and I would find her. In okay, you're dreams. crossing the line now. Let's <laughs> keep going. <laughs> now you're scaring me. But you know what? Talking about reunions, it's, it's amazing with the, the invention of Facebook because yeah. it's been such a great way to connect with people, and so many people are finding friends from high school, friends from college, friends from their past, and they're connecting. So there's not as much... Um, I think it's kind of hurt the reunion industry a little bit because we are connecting with the people we wanted to stay in touch with. And yeah. Facebook has allowed us to find out all sorts of things. And Well, because now you can just you find out where you are, and then you go, let's just meet up. Let's go, you know. Yeah. Even if you live in a different state, you are still connecting, writing back and forth, even through chat or whatever. So you really don't have to necessarily have a face-to-face. Exactly. Well, you know, when you think about the whole reunion thing, reunions really evoke a lot of emotions. And uh, we were doing some research on this, and, like, people's different reactions to reunions and the anticipation helps some people dread them. Some people really anticipate them, like you. Well, and it's amazing because as, as we are, you know, asking people and doing our research, some people really stress out about going to a reunion, which makes you go, well, why are you going to go? Exactly. But yet, but yet they stress out about not going. They right. feel like they're going to miss something if they don't go, but they really don't so want to go. either way. <laughs> yes. And um, I just think that's interesting because, um, you really want to go, but yet you don't want to go. And, and then, you know, people will lose weight. They do their 
teeth whitening, you know, whatever you're going to do to do this reunion. You make a great first impression after all these years. Yes. Because I think so many times when we're in high school, we get labeled a certain thing. I mean, I, I remember the different kind of camps you have of people. You know, you had the geeks, and well, we at our school had the cowboys, and you had the different ones and different groups, and you identified according to your group. And I think so many times people still stay in that, or they still see people in those groups. And so I think for a lot of us, it, sometimes people don't graduate beyond high school. Yeah. They stay in that high school mode. I know when I went to my high school reunion, it was interesting because some of these people you saw, and they have really gone on and done some significant things. And I remember talking to one gal who was a cheerleader, and um, I was on the palm line, and, and, and it's like, those are great years. I loved them. They were, they were fun, but it didn't define who I am, and I'm not that same person. But this one particular girl, oh, my gosh, she looked the same. She had the same hairstyle. She looked exactly the same. And she still was talking the same, and she was still saying, those are the best years of my life. I so miss them. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that almost sad for her because I thought, if those were the best years of your life. Are you life, talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me that look like, is there Wait. something wrong with that? Wait, you just described <laughs> me and my Loretta Lynn haircut. <laughs> Because you go, wow, some people really don't graduate beyond high school. They are still in that, that high school box. Right. That's their identity. Yeah. And really, we all need to keep graduating in life. You know, we never really graduate life, per se, because there's always another life experience or something happening. And we're constantly redefining and reinventing ourselves yes. as we go forward and not stuck in a particular role that we, that we played or that we had. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why reunions are good, too, because so many times people go, yeah, it evokes an emotion in me that was buried there, and sometimes people want to keep that emotion buried. They don't want to move on. And I think it's good to, like, have those emotions come up, and then you can acknowledge them, burn them, do whatever you want with them, but deal with your emotions. Yeah. Some of them are going to be really good emotions, and some of them maybe not so good. And I think I tend to say a lot of times to keep them buried. I don't want to ever deal with them, Mm -hmm. like you said, but you need to. It's like go into the danger zone and work through it to really discover who you are and who God created you to be. And I think so many times as we, we stay in a role, or I know as we talk to women so many times and trying to get them to connect with each other and, and be girlfriends and have healthy relationships, they are still hanging on to a negative voice from high school. Mm-hmm. And somebody, you know, we have those mean girl things, you know. Somebody said something devastating or mean to them, and women are still holding on to that. It may be 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's still their identity. It's still their identity, yeah. and they still have to move past that to go, that's not who I am anymore, and that doesn't define. So even working past some of those negative voices from the past to go, that's not who I am. And I think to move past that is like it's reinventing yourself and, and even telling yourself, I'm not that person, mm-hmm. that I, I am doing this and that and pushing yourself to be better and bringing healthy relationships into your life. So how do I do that, Lisa, through this therapy session? Ye, ye old wise one. Let's see. <laughs> I think that what we do is we talk to some incredible guests coming up in the show and we glean from them and Make, what they've done. Have them give us all the tips. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I think they, and I think they will, and they'll have some fun stories. And I can't wait to hear um, some stories about you that from, you know, people that knew you when, because I'm sure there's some um, 
some riveting things there, some juice we can um, pull up on you a little bit, don't you think? Well, I, I hope there's not a whole lot, but I do think that this is going to be a fabulous show in getting to know those, those people that were there with our, in our formative years, and now where are they now, and um, who, who they are, because um, they're new people. And I think that's so many times when people go into reunions, they have people in a box, and we're not the same person, so we've got to even see ourselves as new. And when, if you go to a reunion to see, I'm about to walk into a room full of new people. These people are not the same people they were in the past, hopefully. And they've, they've done some amazing things in life, or life has taken them on different journeys and different paths. And so I'm going to hear some new stories from some new people, and that's exactly what we're going to do coming up. And we're going to hear from some new stories, new people. We're Patty and Lisa. You're listening to Girlfriend It, and we can't wait for you to meet some of our friends and have fun with us. Stay tuned. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune into Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Y'all wave your hands, look who's on. It's Dakota Man Keith, and he's number one. Now you might think Juan's youth was sad, because right. he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case, nope. it wasn't his fate. No, nope. the Juan's never struggled to communicate. Hmm. Y'all wave your hands, look who's on. It's Dakota Man Keith. Number one. It's That Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, That Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wan and the show, go to his website, KeithWanWANN.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one, teach number one, everybody. Don't miss that Keith Wan show Wednesday nights at eight seven central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show. 
on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right. Our next guest, Lori Hood. Um, Lori, I have shared, of course, now with the entire world how much you rocked my world. She's been talking about you behind your back, Lori, just so you know. (laughs) And I have thought about you for the past 30 years and how, what an impact you had on, on my life and just those formative years. And it's just such a funny story because everybody I would meet, I would go, do you know where Lori Hood is? And finally, a girlfriend took me seriously and literally did the research and actually found your father, which um, she gave me the phone number, so I had to make this very weird call. And it was your... She became an investigative reporter here. <laughs> I was actually a stalker, but I won't admit that. Um, but I, I ended up talking to your dad's um, wife, and she, of course, raved about you. She's, uh, I don't know if you know this, but she's one of your biggest cheerleaders, and basically said now how successful you are, and you, you and your husband, I think her, her words were you basically own half of Missouri. So. Oh, oh, that might be a little bit of an embellishment. <laughs> a quarter of it then, right? <laughs> I, I called you, and it was just crazy, 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 and now it's surreal to me that I'm talking to you, and you're on the radio right now. So welcome to the show, and we're so excited to have you on. I think it's been a bucket list thing for you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Lori. Hi. Thanks to both of you for having me, and I want Patty to know how much I really appreciate her dedication and finding me because it's been just kind of a real joy and to find you, Michelle, and, and Tina, and Charlene, and so many of my old friends from Phoenix now on Facebook. So um, one of the most positive things about Facebook, I think, is reconnecting with old people that you can't. Hey, yeah. hey, not old people. Oh, I'm sorry. People from the past. People from the past. There we go. <laughs> we'll, ne- we'll never grow old. We'll be eternal children. So. Absolutely. Well, Lori, I just have to um, ask you, what what happened? So we, here we are, 15. <laughs> We're children still having, you know, childhood experiences. And, uh, you know, by the way, you were always so much more mature than I was. And, and all the things I learned, I think I learned from you, and you had no idea. But even my husband. No you're, pressure there. That you're I know. I'm kind of trying to remember all the things that I said and did and hope those things were positive. <laughs> you actually introduced me to my husband. So, you know, it had to all be good. There and, you go. Um, Tell us what what happened. Your mom and dad just picked you up and moved you out of my world. So what happened after that? Because it is all about me right now, okay? <laughs> well, my my parents were both raised in Missouri, um, in the middle part, and uh, their parents started to become ill. You know, it was really difficult to be there, being yeah. I mean, all the time we would drive. You know, back in the day, people yeah. would fly everywhere, and so it would be a two day trip to come and uh, be with them when they were sick and needed help with financial affairs and the farm and whatever. So my parents decided to move back to Springfield. We'd been away for a very long time, um, which was about an hour's drive to each grandparent's house. And um, I finished up high school in Springfield, which is a lovely town, and, and have dear friends, you know, from there that I still keep in touch with from high school as well. Um, and then I met my husband in Springfield. I actually went to work in a restaurant, and uh, he came in and took a management contract, and I married him very young. 
Uh, my parents, they divorced, actually, when we moved back to Springfield in about a year. And that was just really, really tough on me. Um, so instead of going to college, I ended up going to work. Um, so I have to interrupt you, Lori. When sure. you said that was, was tough on me, do you think that through this divorce, because you were, you know, 15, 16 years old, that you kind of missed out on, on childhood? I mean, I, I'm saying childhood. By now we're teenagers. So you, you missed out on those teen years to where you felt like you had moved on? Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as I've gone through those years with my children, I have three children, I wanted to make sure that they could just sort of embrace every single second of it because I did miss it. And, you know, it's something that you can't get back. You can't all of a sudden at the age of 47, you know, start doing the teenage things. You you know, life just doesn't work that way. So, you know, I try to impress upon my own children not to marry young and have children young because that's something, you know, if you start a career and it doesn't please you, you can always change that and go down the road and have a family. But if you have a family first, there's no changing that. You're there. You're committed for life. You know, they're they're yours forevermore. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely affected my life in a very big way. Um, well, you mentioned that your parents just kind of, when they... When you left me, may I add that again, that you did leave me? (laughs) You left me. I didn't have a lot of choice, Patty. I kind of had to go. (laughs) Let that go, okay? I'm really working with Lori. It's sad. (laughs) Sad that I need therapy, that my best friend abandoned me. But when you you were in Missouri, they kind of went their own way. They were in their their own world, per se, um, going through the divorce, and that just kind of left you making these adult decisions. Oh, absolutely. So you how know, has that had an impact on you? Well, it was huge because up until that point in my life, I mean, you remember my parents, they were just very active parents. They went to every sporting event that I was in. You know, they were very loving. They were they were just really a, a rock for me. Uh-huh. And so... Um, you know, to have that whole stability thing taken away at such a very crucial age was extremely difficult. So I grew up very quickly, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, we can't we can't change the things always that happen in life. I mean, people do what they do, and, and I think the key to life, I mean, intelligence and and kindness, of course, are, are human qualities that are very important, but we, I think we all have to have resiliency, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to, to bounce back. So, um, you know, feeling that stability torn apart, immediately it seemed like I, I was wanting to seek out a partner in life that would be what I considered to be very stable, a good father, and, you know, a committed man. For a lifetime, so I got that. <laughs> I got. I found a man, and even though I'm married young and and had a family young, I I married a man that's been a great father, a great business partner, and just my best friend. So that is awesome. And now you you mentioned you have three kids, and we were just talking about you know these childhood friends and where they are today, and. Um, you, like you said, that's your your husband is your business partner, and now you have a son. I know recently, just a couple months ago, 
you went to Thailand. Tell us a little bit about how that was, because you had mentioned you were going to go in the areas where um, Slumdog Millionaire, um, just, you know, the the horrific things that are there with what they're doing with children. And I, th- I believe your son's doing a, a documentary on that. Well, no, he's actually working for, it's called ECPAT International, which is a global network of organizations um, that work together to end child prostitution, child pornography, and the, the trafficking of children for sexual purposes. So he's in their legal department. Um, he was... It, he is extremely bright. He went to Yale for law school. and um, But in summers, he traveled to India and Thailand and Vietnam, and he, he set up his own volunteer work through embassies. And, uh, yes, in India, he did work for an ashram and, and worked on getting a website up and interviewed uh, children from India that had been sold into slavery, and this woman had actually you know, kidnapped them back and, and wow, taking care of them. So, you know, he's had a real passion um, for India and and Thailand both, but he, he ended up going to Bangkok after he got out of law school, and um, he really wanted to learn the Thai language. So he's now fluent in Thai after a year. Well, it's not been wow. quite a year, a year in May. And... Uh, I tell him I learned that in a week. That is not a big deal at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely difficult. I've got, I've got, and this is why six I want to hear Yeah, you know, it's a tonal language. So the same word spoken yes. in a different tone can mean a variety of things. So it's, it's crazy because it is all about the tone. It's the yeah. song of, uh, yeah, that's amazing. That is just phenomenal. Well, obviously he got all of his intellectual um, DNA from me. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's amazing because I, what you're I, saying? Just by association. Mm-hmm. You truly just don't know if it was the prenatal vitamins or what, but but he really soared to the top there. So uh, it was uh, very proud of him. And then my younger daughter as well is um, very academic, and she's a psychology major at University of Missouri in Columbia right now. Plans to to get a PhD in psychology and is also very interested in uh, you know. Well, Lori, we have just less than two minutes to finish up, and it's gone by so fast. This is Lisa. I'm so excited to finally meet you because I've heard so much about you, and um, obviously, as Patty has said over and over, you impacted her life. And and I don't know whether to thank you or to say, what were you thinking? But um, (laughs) I'll say thank you. And you know what is just so cool about, that's why we've been looking forward to today's show, is talking to, um, to friends that knew us when. And yet, it's so fun to even for me to sit back and, and to kind of listen to you guys and just see how, you know, you have these life experiences that are traumatic and, and that kind of take you down a different path. And yet to see you today owning half of Missouri, as Patty would say, <laughs> and your son with Yale and Bangkok and speaking Thai after a year and, and your daughter going for a Ph.D., it is amazing. And that's what we really want to leave with, with people is that, you know what, you can truly become whatever you, you know, want to become and be the person God created you to be and, and, and you know, soar. Get your wings and fly. And you don't have to w- allow situations and circumstances to define you. And no matter where you are, just go for it. So we appreciate you. Oh, absolutely true. Thank you so much. I appreciate you girls calling in and and talking to you. And, Patty, I am so happy we found each other again. 
I am too. And we just want to thank you, Lori. And stay tuned because we have Dodge Billingsley up next and another high school friend. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage. Connect with Juliana in media.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to TogiNet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on TogiNet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist and Joan Duhane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toginet Radio. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended. Our next guest, Dodge Billingsley. Um, I am just so, so excited and sense. It's me talking. I can say I think this man is a genius, and he has done so many incredible things. He consults with the U.S. Department of Defense. He does lectures at different universities. Um, He's received honors and awards for his war documentaries. I know one of them, House of War. He um, does um, so much research and analysis and writes and produces numerous films that um, really establishes – it's just unconventional in the way that he thinks, and he's so creative to really get that public awareness to what's going on out in our world. And, Dodge, that is a mouthful. Let me just tell you, I can go on and on raving about you, and you're also a father of two with a beautiful wife. And beyond that, um, when, when you <laughs> left me in high school and went on to college, you were doing all kinds of modeling. You're like Calvin Klein muscle shirt, <laughs> like good model. So um, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> 
Ah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, Dodge, I have to interrupt because I want to know, really, did you and Patty come from the same school after I'm hearing all of that? Because I'm going, okay, wow. I know. Our our researchers over here are going, uh, he went to Columbia and, I don't know, Japan, all these different universities, or London, you know, wherever, all these things. We, the list goes right. on. So we couldn't, we couldn't say all the wonderful things you've done in your oh, life. Oh, well, you guys are nice. But, yes, we did go to the same high school, Maryville in Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> in the hey. ghetto. It wasn't really the ghetto, but it was you know, we call it. Well, I, I, won't, um, I won't tell the world that our, our zip code that we lived in is the number one zip code in prison right now. So. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, I just found that out. In recently. Arizona. In Arizona, uh, wow, yeah. Well, actually, I've, uh, sadly, that's not surprising. It was a rough, became a rough neighborhood while we were there. Yeah, it really was. It was a very rough neighborhood. But you guys graduated from there. We graduated yeah. there. And, Dodge, yeah. um, you left such an impression with with me in high school. We were just laughing earlier in the show how um, just the, the naughty things that we did. But we had a closed <laughs> campus, and you were the first person that I went to Taco Bell with, and I, ha- I experienced my first burrito. <laughs> and um, you also, uh, the first person I ever went snow skiing, you took me up on the top of a mountain, which I was so impressed because you were a ski instructor. But for I me, wasn't a ski I think instructor. Just, well, I was trying to instruct you, but I didn't really know much more than I was going to share with you, which is a problem. You took me to the top of the highest mountain. You, I know. Well, you know, some And you said, you. come down the hill. That's, that's <laughs> what kind of instructing I got. So, there uh, was an intermediate hill surround. <laughs> there was a run that was not too hard off the top of that hill. So. A black run, but that's I think okay. it was a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> it was more than a bunny, but you know what? I learned how to ski, so I thank you for that. Um, oh, that was fun. So we're so excited to have you on the show and just to find out a little bit more about yeah. what you're doing and you are and your life beyond high school because that's what we uh, uh, we're so talking to people that have really gone on graduated high school but not graduated life and so right. hear all the things that the, where life has taken you and what what um, what was your passion that you became the founder and director of Combat Films? Well, I don't know. That was kind of maybe. I couldn't articulate that 20 years ago. Um, I always had an interest in military history and uh, watching war movies, that kind of thing. I mean, which is like, I don't think it's that different than a lot of guys. But, um, you know, like Patty said, I went off and I started modeling. And basically all that did was give me more of an interest to get to know the world because I traveled quite a lot and lived in quite a few different international centers. And after about 10 years, I got bored with that and went back to school. Uh, I have so. to interrupt you. Yeah. I know that surprises you that I would ever interrupt Yeah, I was going to say, have I even got two words in yet? Jeez. <laughs> but it was so funny because I was in the airline industry. and we. I know, remember. You're always looking at magazines, and it was just so fun back then. I was so proud of you. I would pick up a magazine, <laughs> and you would be like an eight-spread pictures, you know, just over and beyond. And um, I think you actually look better in the in your modeling pictures than you do in real life, but <laughs> yeah, well, everybody says that. And you better people better look better in their pictures. That's what it's all about, I think. But you did it. You looked. No, you know, that was a good experience for me because hey, I come from a middle class home. I didn't have the experience or chance to travel. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I was living in Madrid, and I lived in, moved from Madrid to Milan, Milan to Paris, and Paris to New York, and then I established that as a base and bounced back and forth to those regions. And, but what I really... world globally and not just... From yeah, and I, I really started, you know, getting even more interested in the world. And I read a lot of books while I was out in these different places. And uh, 
one day I just uh, went back to school. I was living in New York, and I wanted to go back to school, and I wanted to study. I didn't really know what I wanted to study, but I found the Columbia catalog, and they had all these classes on war, and I thought, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go here. So I, I had to finagle that because I didn't actually have the credentials to go to Columbia University, so I had to slide into a side door, but um it worked out okay. I got a degree in war studies and uh, then went did a master's in war studies in London. So does and that, then just yeah, does started a, writing. War studies means that you can, like, lead a command that you can No, really... <laughs> no, that's military science. I mean, you know, you would go to West Point and I, I mean, you know, I would study things on a, you know, strategic level, look at, like, why countries go to war and then look at, like, regional security. The biggest difference for me was... I didn't have a career track like a lot of people in my master's program either worked for a defense ministry or, uh, you know, an intelligence agency. They weren't all U.S. This was in London, so I was only eight U.S. students. The rest were from all over the world. I was just kind of there. And so for me, it was actually nice when between studies I would just, I, I basically just looked in the paper a lot. I'd read and see what was going on, and I just picked a war, and I went to the war in Georgia, Abkhazia, in 1992 and 93. And I just wow. went by myself, and I just took a video camera with me and uh, went in from Turkey, and that was my first uh, conflict, and I've been doing it ever since. So, Okay, so th- this is just intriguing and fascinating because so many people don't have this opportunity to really experience the world and see it even through that lens of through the war. Can you just kind of share maybe some things that how it changed your worldview and your perspective just on life and on you and coming from the hood that we know that you guys came from. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I have to say, and I shouldn't say this probably publicly, but um, I wasn't, I married late. And frankly, if I had had any sort of decent wife, she would never have let me go to those places. And so in reality, that's why I was able to go because I was single. Yeah. And I had this sort of, educated uh, sort of back educational background in this stuff and I'm like I know all this stuff by book if I can't go out and experience it and see what it's about then you know what good is it so that's why I just I just went to war and you know well a couple I mean and so as far as lessons learned ugh, the first one was I had the opportunity to do it because I was completely free and that's a rare I think that's more rare um, I'm glad I did it that way it just never Both felt like a little bit of insanity in you or you would never have well, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, yeah, you know, I don't know. Covering conflict is, is an interesting, it's visceral for sure. It's very local. In fact, you can be in one location on a city block, and it could be quiet as can be, and then you can hear fighting two city blocks over, and the whole block is flattened. And uh, and you're, it's just a very, I don't know, it's just an interesting experience. Um, the one thing I think I learned probably most of all was I, I read the newspapers, I watch the media, and I would say that nearly every time I read or see something that's partially wrong. And that's only because it's so hard to sort out what's going on in yeah. conflict situations. So when I watch what's going on in Libya today, and, and frankly, I'd love to be in Libya today. And if I didn't uh, have I two actually, children and was married, I would be in Libya today. Um, it's really I thought you were going to, to be in Libya. And, you know, no. one of the things I think is interesting with, I, I know you've received, like, all kinds of awards and, and different accolades. Um, yeah, I, uh, and I want to talk about your documentary, House of War, but how do you cope with it mentally when you're there and, you know, you're here filming, like you said, all of a sudden a, a town or a city is, like, flattened, and then you come back to, it, you know, to America and we're talking about the newest, you know, candy bar. <laughs> right. and, and just... Uh, I, I, well, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point because when I... Um, 
I first off will say, uh, watching soldiers fight it out in a battlefield isn't that, it's not traumatic like watching um, civilians be injured and killed, like women and children and the elderly. And when I've seen that and run across that, that's really hard on me. Um, and like when I returned from Chechnya in the mid-90s, and I remember I was living in New York at the time, and I just remember going up on the roof of my building in New York and just like, it was kind of like I was outside myself. It was really weird. It was a really rough trip in Chechnya. It was uh, just a lot of bad things were going on all around. And um, it was great to be back in New York, but I felt totally disconnected from everything yeah. that was going on around me. And actually, it's really funny because I, I married my wife between OEF, the uh, U.S. invasion of Afghanistan, and OIF-1, our invasion of Iraq. But as soon as I got married, I'd already had plans to go to Iraq. So I, then I got married when five months later, went to Iraq for three months. And wow. I came back, and I thought, yeah, I'm fine. And my wife said, man, you kick and you fight in your sleep. And I never knew I did that. Wow. But she said it took like five or six months for me to sort of decompress from all the things that I guess I saw and absorbed when I was in Iraq. On the, you know, because we went in the invasion from Kuwait into Baghdad. Mm. And it was hard. I mean, you know, we, uh, you see a lot of stuff that takes time to process. Yes. But, well, uh, and I just have a question. We see so much on on the media, on the news, and then to actually go there and experience it is it is it different? Is it when you actually get there? Is it different than what you anticipate from what you've seen or read? It's not anymore. I mean, I'm trying to. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess when I went in the beginning, I didn't really have any expectations. When I went to Western Georgia, um, the one thing I would say in those areas where war takes place or conflict is happening you know the rules of law the rule of law is usually has usually disintegrated and it's kind of a free-for-all and in that sense you have ultimate freedom but at the same time you're restricted in your movement restricted in what you do because you just have to you know what's your safety guy you know how are you going to stay keep yourself safe um so i don't you know this is really war reporting is really interesting and like i say the trouble with war reporting is you get such a tiny tiny piece of it like, I could tell you everything that happened right in my peripheral vision, obviously, I could say, this is what I saw. But it might not be even a blip in the larger scale of what's going on, and it might be almost misreporting to say, this is what happened here, but it might be completely contrary to what happened during that day across the wider conflict. It's it's almost like, yeah, the men touching an elephant going, describe what yeah. animal. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah, in fact, you know, look at the way CNN handled uh, OIF, you know, when we invaded Iraq in 2003. They had, like, 33 news crews there. And yeah. then the Bureau tried to sort out from the 33 different stories that the stories filing in, make any sense of what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, half the time they get it right, half the time they don't, and they just move on to the next story the next day, and they, they do the best they can, but it's hard. Yeah. You know, so, but, you well, know. Dodge, we have 30 seconds. Is there one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you talk too much, Patty. Jeez. I know. Well, you know, we're going to have to have you back on, because I really do want to hear more about some of these documentaries that you're doing. Is there... Yeah. Is there, like, one tip, like, fast, like, 10 seconds that you can leave with our listeners on something you want to make them aware about with war? You have five now. You have five <laughs> seconds. Oh, geez. Uh, well, five seconds? No, I don't have one tip. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for being on the show. And um, like I said, you've had such an impact on my world. And tell your wife, thank you, thank you, thank you. For oh, our, I will. Great to friends. hear from you. See you, Patty. See you, Lisa. Bye.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6. 5 Central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to ThinkTech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guest teaches how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, I am so excited to introduce our next guest, Pam Myers, who is a girlfriend from way back when with me, and I probably... I won't say how many years, because she, she <laughs> literally knows me when. And it's one of those things you can just look at each other and you know how to complete it, because it's like we've been there. We've been there through so much of life together. And I remember even selling Girl Scout cookies together in the ring with umbrellas on and these galoshes. We have a picture. And it's just so funny. And I, one of the things we did, too, is we used to, I guess we were dorks and we didn't know it, <laughs> but we, we, would, um, we would go Christmas caroling to our neighbors. With, we had little miniature dachshunds. And we would take our dogs with us on a leash, and we would take, make these instruments, and we'd go sing to our neighbors with our dogs. I, we still go, why did our moms let us out of the house and think that was okay to go do that? Well, it would have been okay if you were six, but not at 16. Really? Okay. No, we actually we really were like, you know, eight. Eight, okay? Hey, Pam, welcome to Girlfriended. I'm so excited to have you, my friend. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> well, good. You know, I'm I have great and still dorky. I know we are still dorky, but we're proud of it, right? Right. <laughs> I know there's so many memories, and we've gone through a lot. We've gone through a lot with journeys with our parents and siblings, and um, just a lot of life we've done together, which just makes our friendship so rich because we can always just pick up where we left off. But 
Um, you know, today we're talking reunions and high school reunions, and I, and I shared earlier in the show about our uh, walking into the wrong reunion together. And <laughs> that, yeah, you always led me astray. And the one thing I got to say, you always got me in trouble in high school because you have this distinguishable laugh, and I would lean over to you and tell you something funny, joke, and you would start laughing, and I would get in trouble because they knew that I taught. Do you remember Are that? Are you blaming me? <laughs> I am blaming you so I think much. you're the one with the laughter that gets everybody in trouble. No, she ha- you, I, I'm going to get her laughing. You have to hear the no, laugh. No, I don't know if I can laugh on command, but I, yes, I have a distinguished <laughs> laugh. <laughs> you did. Well, you know what? I would love you just to share a little bit about your journey um, as an adult since high school, because I know we all have, you know, our lives take us in different directions and um, some some exciting, some challenging. But can you just share briefly a little bit about your journey? Well, um, when I was in high school, I, uh, I think we were both raised with uh, great families and great family values, and um, we really didn't have an idea of what the real world was like because mm-hmm. we just had such an idyllic childhood. And during my teen years, I was discovered, quote, and uh, had the opportunity gotta, to model. I got to interrupt you. And, you were a model, and you were on the cover of Seventeen magazine. And I remember, and I remember going with you to some of your shoots and your <laughs> shows, and you worked in the summers in New York City and Paris. So I just have to throw that in there. So Patty has her modeling friends, and and you were my model friend. And I, Pam, this is why we do radio. We are we're not on television. <laughs> we surrounded ourselves with people, but we're doing radio. <laughs> I'm glad you're not looking at me now. <laughs> And uh, my life was just, uh, you know, when I look back on it, it was pretty, uh, it it sounded so exciting, and it was exciting. I had a really, um, I had a great family, I was a good student, I had great friends, Um, everything kind of fell into place for me, and I just had this sunshine life until I was about 30, and um, I was married and had a little boy and lived in New York City. My husband was a photographer, and we had decided to move to Phoenix to raise our child, and he was uh, kind of setting things up back in New York to close, you know, sublet our apartment and then move to Phoenix and join us as a family. And I received a phone call that uh, I was not expecting in the least saying that, he decided that he didn't love me and that, um, that, you know, to kind of move on. And that was my first big bump in the road, mm-hmm. and it was a big one. That is a And so I moved back home and lived in my, my old bedroom that I grew up in and uh, really just started over with no car, no job, a three-year-old son, and two suitcases. And wow. It was a really... Uh, the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And, of course, as we know, you go through a lot of hard stuff in life. And I was really ill-prepared because I had such an idyllic life up until that point. Mm -hmm. And in hindsight, that was probably the the greatest thing, not that divorce is, but um, it really shook me um, to the core of, uh, I guess I would say, a test of faith. And at that point, I realized, that, um, you know, God didn't really care that I was Pam Blum at the time and I was a model and, um, you know, here here I was 
my whole world was definitely turned upside down. And so it, it turned into a real uh, faith awakening for me. And and it was it was a real spiritual journey with God on how I would get through this, and I did. And and uh, it just was long, and it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't like my life turned overnight. Um, I, I definitely had a lot of struggles, and then I uh, found a really wonderful man and remarried, and uh, was very happy. And you know, just life just gives you different twists and turns, and. We had a child um, that died after nine days mm. um, that had Down syndrome and congestive heart failure. And, you know, who would think, you know, when we're little, you don't really think that your life is going to turn in this direction and you're going to go through these challenges. Um, and, I, and I've had many, um, as we all do, you know, it just hits at different times, but... Um, I guess from the big, my first big shake, I, you know, I learned to really trust God and that he would get me through these things, which, which he has. And, and now with going back and looking back at some of the the bumps that I've gone through, you know, I, I really like myself better as a person than before. Um, and I know what's important in life and, um, you know, it's about relationships, and I'm so glad I have friends like you that have shared a lot of this with me. And uh, you know, you just look at life differently when you're when you're bumped hard like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've got to say that um, I just got to be. I'm I am such a cheerleader for you in life, and and I've watched you through those times. And I got to say, you handled it with such um, dignity and style and grace. Because you never, ever said a negative word about your husband to your son. You never put him in a bad light. You always were um, encouraging your son to have that relationship with his father, even though I think a lot of people would have, you know, done the opposite. And you always took the high road, and you've always taken the high road. And even with the loss of, of, of your child, and I remember just being there and you, you're just, you're amazing. I just want to know. I think oh, you're remarkable because your attitude has always been so positive. You always find, look for the silver lining, and it doesn't mean that the pain is any less. And I know that you have, you know, it's it's been extremely painful, but you have always, I guess, always taken the high road. And I think that's the thing for women, like you said, you discovered yourself through that. You discovered your faith in God um, more, and it became more real. And so you've come out. A better person, not a bitter person. And I love well, about you. Um, well, thank you. That I, I feel, I didn't know I was that great of a person, but <laughs> thank you. I, you know, they always say attitude is everything. You yeah. know, it really, it yeah. really is. And you, and that's one thing that we can choose. Um, we can't always, you know, dictate our circumstances and our surroundings and other people's behavior, but we sure can choose our attitude and how we respond to that. And I've watched you. Respond with the utmost integrity mm-hmm. and well, style. Thank you, Jody. Well, well, the thing is, is, as a mom, you always want to set a good example for your kids. And um, what better example than to be forgiving and to be, um, you know, uh, show qualities of Christ in your your life? I mean, that's the best thing you can give your kids. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know that even. Um, 
Well, you know, with you and Jeff right now, you've gone through a lot of economic times, highs and lows. It's either been really good or really hard. And Boy, that's for Jeff. <laughs> yeah. And I know, and, and, and you're married to some a very interesting guy that's a, a creator, an inventor, and he's invented some really amazing things that people know about and some that they don't know about. Um, but I know that when one of your kind of low times you took to making boutique aprons recently, and I have a funny story about that because we only have two minutes left, believe it or not. Okay. We well, had, back in the day we had so back. funny. Back today we had Home Act, and I think today they call it Martha Stewart. I'm not really sure because it's not or home engineering. I don't know what they call it, but um, you were always really good at that. And I was I was not a Home Act person. I was not the cook or the sewer, and you were. So you took a you took something that you were good at, and you've created a business out of it. Can you talk a little bit about that in less than two minutes? And just well, what oh, you really would- quick. Uh- I think by necessity comes great creativity. I had just wanted to make a couple a present for somebody for their birthday and was short on funds, so I got this idea I'd make an apron, and it turned out really cute, and then I made the daughter, her daughter, a matching apron, and then it, it kind of took off from there, and people saw them and liked them, and, and um it, it filled a need. Um, it let me be creative, and it also gave me some money coming in. And um, and I just love designing them. I don't know what, that I'm that great of a seamstress, but I get the job done. And so it was just a really great fit for me. Um, at the time, you know, it was wonderful because it just seemed like right when, whenever I needed, you know, X amount of money, I would end up selling that many aprons and getting the money. And so it was, um, and it, it's been a really fun hobby slash, you know, start of a little, a, a little career or business. And um, I love that for you. And we only we have less than a minute, but I you said so many poignant things today. And I love that you just you just started doing something. You saw a need, and like you said, tough times make you more creative. And yes. I got to tell you, you're absolutely <laughs> darling and fabulous and creative and one of a kind. And we're going to put that on our website where people can find you. But I just want to thank you for being my friend all these years and just for oh. example of of who you are and um, and just sharing your life today because I know it, it's not easy sharing all this. But you've been and such encouragement. She is very impressed, Pam, by all the things that you're doing. I, I, she talks behind your back all the time. You know. Well, that's so nice. I'm glad I'm impressing somebody. Well, thank thank you so much. We're out of time. It's been a great show today. Thank you for listening to Girlfriend It. We'll catch you next week. Lisa and Patty. Okay. Love you, Jenny. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.